0: Sometimes if you get to know people, all of a sudden you uncover things about their personality, you uncover things about their business, you figure out other machines they might be interested in. Because as you said, the serendipity of it is what leads to things. This is Swarfcast. I'm Noah Graff, here with my favorite co-host, Lloyd Graff. Today's podcast is the second half of our conversation we started last week about Graf Pinkert's business in 2021. I particularly liked this part of the conversation because we dug deeper into our approaches to selling machinery, talking to people, and one of our favorite subjects how to find serendipity. including Index, Schütte, Gildemeister, Tornos, ZPS, Acme, and Wickman. They also sell a variety of other types of used equipment, such as CNC Swiss, CNC turning centers, and parts washers. Machine tools are complicated. If you're going to buy one, you should go to people who are knowledgeable and committed to the industry. Learn more at www.grafpinkert.com. That's www.graff.com. P-I-N-K-E-R-T So what's something that you want to work on going forward to make you a better machinery dealer? A new habit or just something new to keep in mind?
1: What I want to work on is my tolerance for risk. The way to have fun and be successful in the used machine tool business is to take risk for me. Mm-hmm. And now that you are not in debt, does that make
0: you feel like you want to take more risk or or not?
1: It's an interesting question.
0: Because before you're already in debt, so you might as well, you know, it's like, what's the big deal if I'm a little more in debt? But now I, I'm sure there's a certain feel you know, just say, so you know, everybody, this is the first time Graf Binkert hasn't been in at least a little bit of debt in a long time. So is it easier to sleep tonight, every night, without being in debt? Or are you were you just so used to having debt that it
1: wasn't a big deal? It is easier to sleep. If I'm worried about the business, it's harder to sleep. And there certainly have been periods when I have really worried about the business surviving, about me staying in the business. I've seldom really worried about money, but I have worried about the ability to keep the business afloat. Mm -hmm. And now I'm not worried about that. Um, the, The question is a very good one. And I float from one side to the other. I realize that The reason I'm out of debt is that I did take risks and uh, that enabled me to make enough money to finally pay off bank loans and all other loans that I had. And if I stop taking risks, the business is going to flop. But I want you to be more confident about taking uh, risks. I think you're still relying on me since I have all the money in the business. To say yes or no on risks, we need to work out a situation where you feel that you can take the risks and that uh, if the risks don't work out, then you will also pay a price. That's interesting if, that you feel that way. Well, you never have had to take the risks. Right.
0: And there was a long time where you didn't feel like you had to take the risk, right?
1: You mean because of my father? Yeah. Yes. That's true. That's true. And in a way that made the business more fun, but it also made for more arguments because I would be more aggressive than he was Uh, as he became sicker and and less robust. He became less inclined to take risks and I became more inclined to take risks. Mm -hmm. But now I feel like to be successful, I need to take risks. If I want to stay in business, I need to take risks. And also, not having any bank debt makes me more inclined to take some risk. Right. You're saying, well, maybe I'm less inclined to take risks. You don't seem like it. I No, I don't feel like it. You don't it seem is. like it at all. I feel like if I don't take risks, it isn't any fun anymore.
0: It's interesting. You believe in certain risks that I don't believe in and maybe that's because you see more potential in certain types of machines than i do Mm -hmm. you know something i want to work on is you know it's easy to just get caught up in the game of what can i get from this person to make money i find when i'm talking to somebody on the phone you you know it's it's easy to get in the habit of well i've got a lot of people to talk to today i've got a lot of this and that to talk to you today, but I find, and maybe this has something to do with me doing my project um, for a year where I met one person every day and I would document people's stories. I find getting to know people, taking the time to getting to know their story and find out more about them, find out what makes them tick rather than, oh, you're looking for this machine? What's your budget? You know, what do you need from me to to make this happen, etc.? Rather than that, sometimes if you get to know people, all of a sudden you uncover things about their personality, you uncover things about their business, you figure out other machines they might be interested in. Because as you said, the serendipity of it is what leads to things. And you don't get as much serendipity unless you are talking about all kinds of things
1: right and I so admire your conversations with uh, people who call and potential clients and old clients I find your conversations utterly fascinating and I don't think I'm quite capable of doing I think
0: you're totally capable of it I think you
1: are maybe I just don't have the energy anymore to do them I'm also more interested in figuring out how to connect all the dots and amassing information that I think is going to help me connect the dots. While I think you're more interested, you find greater joy in uh, just conversing with people, no. and learning about them, and and when I overhear your no, I, but I don't think I I, I, I I'm I'm astounded at what depth you get to, with, and how open people are with you. Yeah, well,
0: but I mean, I'm not saying that I'm doing it for entirely for personal gain. Yes, I'm doing it just because it's great to get to know people. That is one of the good parts of the job. You just get to know people from all over the world, all kinds of personalities. But at the same time, from a selfish point of view, that leads to things. I mean... If nothing else, if you're looking at it totally selfishly, it's, well, if they have the choice to work with you or to work with some other dealer, are they going to work with somebody that, you know, say you have the same kind of machine, the same price, are you going to work with the person that you feel a little bit closer to? I would hope so. Yeah. Um, but also, it's just, you never know what you can learn from people.
1: Yeah.
0: It could help you in some other part of your life or... I'm not going to pretend I know that much about, you know, I'm I'm not a technical person. I'm technical enough that I can talk about, you know, a specific important aspect of a machine. I couldn't actually tell you necessarily why. But, you know, for instance, if somebody said, you know, I need a multi-spindle that has a hearth-type coupling because I know what a hearth-type coupling is. But if you ask me to to really in-depth explain it, good luck. But I can say this kind of multi-spindle, you know, when uh, a Gildemeister um, GM20, you know, after a certain date, it has an Earth-type coupling. I can explain to people a little bit why it's better. Or I can say, you know, this Tsugami, they started putting 7-axis on it rather than 6-axis. Can I tell you exactly... How many new things you can do on the part? No, but at least talking to people made me learn a little bit more about that. And as I've said before, sometimes often deals don't go through and um, they can lead to a good podcast. They can lead to you knowing about the world or you can just know about somebody's company. You just can't let yourself hang up with somebody because you decide you realize they're not interested in this thing that you have for sale because for all you know they have something totally different that they want half the time they write in that they're looking for a machine and they don't even really want that machine they want something else that you know and you won't know that until you talk to them about it so that's one thing and it's and it's interesting so you get a double benefit from it
1: right well i think that's why we're a good combo, and,
0: but I uh, think there are so many people that you have these long-term relationships with that you've known for years. Maybe you sell yourself short on it because you talk about people. You when somebody a certain kind of person calls that you've known for thirty years, you know you have an in-depth relationship with them. So I think you do do it to some extent.
1: Yes, perhaps I have less patience for today. Have to admit, I have less energy today, and partially with all the medications that I take, and uh, therefore, the length and depth of my conversations with people tend to be shorter than yours. Uh, on the other hand, I have enormous respect for for you. Well, sometimes you're just sitting there eavesdropping, anyways. So yeah, because I, I'm I'm astonished at how you develop these conversations with people, and they love to talk to you. I think so. (laughs) I think so. Um. And I think people are astonished that other people find them interesting and are willing to spend the time with them. And I think I've learned that from you. I don't necessarily put it into action myself, but I often will come home and say... You know, I I was listening to a conversation that Noah had today, and I was astounded at how much interesting information he learned from that particular person.
0: Yeah, or or for instance, with other dealers. Other dealers we rely on to call each other on machines. It's good to be friends with a dealer because they're going to have two choices to call. There are certain dealers that specialize in similar machines to us. Yeah. And, you know, if they share a certain interest with you, or you've told each other about your family or, you know, just something you're interested in, um, it's very satisfying, and, and it really is playing the long game.
1: You know, I find it interesting that I have three children, and... In one form or another, they are all involved in having long conversations. (laughs) That's interesting. With with people that are involved in their work. Elaborate. Well, we've Uh, talked about me, but certainly you, Ari, is a psychologist. His business is listening to people and having conversations with people in order to help them. My daughter is in the clergy. And she has, She's cho- a rabbi. she has chosen to make the personal part of the business rather than the religious part of the business the focus of what she does. In other words, she does the funerals, she goes to the ceremonies after the funerals, uh, the uh, sitting shiva, sitting what they call sitting shiva. And she is involved with teaching kids before their bar bat mitzvahs. With. Uh, she also has a lot of contact with the parents.
0: I mean, there's, these are all, you know, standard rabbi duties.
1: Yes, but many choose to be involved in being students in the...
0: Organizational aspects of the yes, synagogue.
1: Yes, doing meetings. She chose to focus and design her job around talking to people, conversations with people.
0: Do you, do you think this has something to do with how you raised us? Or I've, I've
1: wondered that.
0: Um, I mean, Mom is an educational therapist, so she has to listen to people and talk to people. And you have always been somebody that worked with a lot of people. You've had to meet a lot of people, people from all over the world.
1: Yes, I've also interviewed a lot of people for my writing. Yeah. So, possibly, uh, that example, or maybe all just like to talk to people, all like to listen to people, all find people interesting, I guess.
0: You know what, one thing, this is counterintuitive for me, actually, i found, okay, everybody likes to be listened to. And if you kind of go on the defensive and let people talk about themselves, um, you can really draw things out of them. But after, you know, studying, I've made a study of serendipity. I've been listening to this book about finding serendipity and how to find serendipity. And I did a podcast with somebody about serendipity, you know, and for those people who, that's not part of their normal vocabulary. It's being in the right place at the right time, meeting people, being able to connect the dots by, oh, you're interested in that? Oh, I have this. So I'm trying to talk a little bit more about myself rather than only be passive, because when he talks about one of the cool things this guy talks about, his name is Christian Bush, is serendipity hooks. So when somebody meets you, first, they, they often might ask what you do, and he actually recommends not doing that when you meet other people. but Say somebody asks you what you do. Instead of just saying I'm a machinery dealer, well, number one, it's hard to say that because nobody's going to understand what the heck I do, anyways. I'd say maybe 10% of the people go, Oh, I'm a machinery dealer. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> my father was a tool and die maker. I know what a machine tool is. But, you know, I studied engineering. But usually they just go, Huh? So, if I say, "Well, I'm a machinery dealer, but I'm also a filmmaker, and um, I have a blog, and you know i'm I'm really passionate about salsa dancing. All of a sudden, there's a whole bunch of nodes, there's a whole bunch of hooks that maybe this person is into that, and then maybe you're gonna connect on that. And um so that's something that I've been trying to work on. Sure, maybe listen to them what they have to say. 80% of the time, but give them something to talk about, about me 20% of the time. A, a lot of people are too self-absorbed to latch on to that, but there are many people, particularly if you strike a specific chord with them, that that could lead to something totally different. Mm-hmm. Teaching people something about both people, telling them, you know, or even you could use a serendipity hook as far as specifically with the business, like You're talking about, you know, they call about a Swiss machine. And then you say, well, you know, we also specialize in multi-spindles. Have you ever thought about having a multi-spindle? You know, I I dealt with somebody who had multi-spindles before and only were doing Swiss and they got a multi-spindle and it changed their whole business.
1: Right. I find that I have always, in my own mind, specialized in this thing. And I've observed what you've done I only by,
0: do it... I try. I don't always yeah, do it. By,
1: but. by putting out these hooks and being willing to talk and say stuff about yourself, I've always been reluctant.
0: I've always been reluctant as well yeah. because people like to talk about themselves and it really makes people open up if you
1: let them. But I will also say that I often say I am so bored with... Just listening to other people who are totally disinterested in me. And why is everybody I talk to so totally absorbed in their own needs? And or their own love of talking about whatever they want to talk yeah, about. And and so ignorant and feel no need to connect with my interests.
0: Yeah, that really annoys me too. So, you know, I can play the game with those people for a while you know, out of my own self-interest, but, and because I really might learn something from them because I know a few brilliant people that are poor listeners. It's a really good thing that they're brilliant because then the conversation is still pretty good because they're talking. But if they're not brilliant, it's like, all right, I'm giving you a lot of attention and you're only bringing me so much. Mm -hmm. So listeners out there, if you're going to just talk at me, (laughs) <laughs> now you're probably feeling threatened by this, but, you know, generally we I try to mean
1: well. But, you know, people who are in our business, people who are in the Connecting the Dots business, which I would argue most people are in, but they don't realize they are. If their conversations are flat uh, and one-way conversations, they're missing an awful lot. Yeah. If they're only talking about themselves, you're saying. Yeah. Or if they're passive and only listening. Um, I think I've been guilty much of my life of being too much of a listener and not enough of an active participant. And that's one reason why I like to listen to you when you are willing to give a picture of yourself is that another
0: reason why you might like to write because you get to be on the offense and and just and just say say what you feel and you don't have anybody interrupting what you're saying
1: that's a very perceptive point I just came up with that right now yeah I think you're right I think you're right on the other hand i love to get the comments
0: oh absolutely
1: it's a total ego boost right and if I if I write a piece and I get no comments, then I felt like the piece was a failure. Yeah, and I
0: like to tell you sometimes that really it doesn't mean anything. You should look at at least look at the statistics of. You never look at the statistics of how many people go to the thing, or you know how many people like it on social media or something. That's another thing. I feel like almost you know all these famous people, they always say, oh, well, one goal is I want to do less social media next year. I I need to limit myself. I need to limit myself on Twitter or or Instagram. I should do a little bit more. I'm so busy doing my own personal projects outside of work that I don't even feel like getting in that game. I I think a goal going forward is at least have a little bit of discipline to look. And it is, you know, you do get an ego boost when you post something and people like it
1: or whatever. I do no Facebook. I do no Twitter. I do no LinkedIn.
0: You I do it. Know. You do it passively because Ridgely puts it on there, but, uh, but you don't even know what people are
1: liking on there and what they are. Know, I do no Instagram. I do no YouTube, and probably I am missing something. Uh, but well, I, we'll put this on YouTube. I, I just uh, don't have interest or or the energy for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Rather be watching the Cubs.
1: Yeah, which is passive,
0: but um, or writing an article because the, you know that takes how long do you think it takes to write an article to to put the first draft down before it goes to Bridgely and before it goes to me? Physically,
1: two hours, but that's see that's pretty good for me. I, that, I take longer, right? But the thought process takes much longer. In other words, the preparation. To write a piece may take weeks, months, years even, where I've been working on an idea, considering an idea either consciously or unconsciously. And then the impetus of having to write a piece suddenly brings something to the surface. That's interesting. So it's that final nudge. Right. And uh, while I may not uh, relish having to feeling like I need to write a piece every week. If I didn't have that push, I might never bring all these ideas out.
0: And don't you think you'd eventually feel stale and bored?
1: Yeah. But I think we may have talked enough.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think this and, is a good stopping point.
1: Um, I want to watch the Bears game. Yeah,
0: Bear game. Maybe uh, get some apples, maybe eat some apples and... Make some applesauce.
1: Noah, thank you very much for this.
0: Thank you. From today's machining world, this is Swarfcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to the show on your favorite app and give us a five-star rating and a review. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and todaysmachiningworld.com to join our mailing list, read episode summaries, and watch extended interview videos. I'm Noah Graff. My occasional co-host is Lloyd Graff. Our managing editor is Ridgely Dunn. Our audio engineer is Patricio Garcia. For information on advertising or to submit an idea for a future podcast, follow the contact information at todaysmachiningworld.com.